This is the Teachable Soul Podcast. Because we cannot possibly live long enough to make all the mistakes ourselves, let's take a few moments to learn from the mistakes of others. The Teachable Soul Podcast, where guests and listeners like you share stories of failure and teachable moments on the journey to success. Here's your host, Kat Daniels. Welcome to the Teachable Soul Podcast. I am your host, Kat Daniels. And again with me today, we have a very special episode with Vicki Wachey. Vicki, we've already done your introduction. And if anybody wants to go back and listen to the initial um, or our first episode together, then they can do that. But this particular episode is just going to be about kind of um, COVID-19, of course, and trying to cope um, emotionally, but also financially. And um, Vicki had some very helpful insights, I thought, that we could all share with everybody. And it was obviously an important time to do so. So Vicki, take it away. Thank you very much, Catherine. Thank you. Yeah, so I really wanted to focus in on um, helping you shift your mindset through this podcast to see this as an opportunity. Yes, there are horrible things going on and lots of people are going to lose people that they love. Lots of businesses are going to struggle. But I think what we can pull out of this, uh, and I'll move to businesses as an example, is the businesses that are struggling and maybe businesses that weren't strong enough in the first place. And so what we can do now is use this extra time that we've got, bearing in mind all the challenges that you're going to go through, and we'll get to that in a minute, and use this extra time that we've got now in order to plan and prepare so that you don't just survive the virus, that you thrive through the middle of the virus and that you come out at the other side of the virus in a much stronger position. And whether you're a business owner, whether you're an employee, any, any situation that you're in now, there is a perfect opportunity for you to, to change your life for the better. And that's what I want to share with you. I was just going to say, I, I went to Chick-fil-A today and obviously Chick-fil-A, you know, financially, they're, they're doing all right. But <laughs> the employees there, you know, just emotionally, like there was a guy that was standing outside of the window, you know, asking about something that was a customer. And then there was another lady that was working there that was like, I can't find the car that you're talking about. And it was just, and they were not their usual chipper self. Do you know, you guys have Chick-fil-A over there, right? Well, no, I, I don't know if we have that, but we've got like Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's basically, it's a takeaway store, I guess. Right. Do you yeah. think do you think that they were new staff? Because what we've actually got here is where, for example, some of our supermarkets mm-hmm. have laid off the people who are vulnerable. So we have a thing here called furloughing, which is where you're sort of made redundant but still kept on the payroll, and the government is going to pay 80% of your wages. And we also have a rule that says that if you're in any of the vulnerable categories, so like you're over 65 or you've got any pre-existing health conditions for which COVID-19 is a threat, then you you have been sent home. And so the supermarkets have sent all these people home on 80% of their wages, which is, you know, a great thing for these people. They've not been let off. They've, they've still got some money coming in. Mm-hmm. But of course, then that meant that they've got a 30,000 in, in one shop's case, 30,000 shortfall in staff. So they've employed a whole load of new people. So this is what I mean about opportunities. For, mm-hmm. for every person who's struggling, there is always a flip side to everything. And so there are people out there who are now applying for one of these 30,000 jobs, and they're mm-hmm. now in a position where they're working. And of course, where we are in the calendar with schools shut and with colleges shut and universities shut, a lot of these are young people. So they're you sort of 16 year old plus 
are all getting jobs in the supermarkets. So some of them are getting their first part-time or full-time jobs. They're getting income coming in. But of course, they're sort of both vulnerable in terms of their um, working knowledge. And they're also vulnerable in that they're out in places that are very, very busy in terms of uh, the risk of getting the virus. So I just wondered whether your your example of your people was because of the stress that they're under oh, yeah. um, or whether it's because, you know, they're new and there are so many challenges for people and we all need to just be kind now. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that, I don't know if it was because they were new. I would assume so. I would assume that something like that happened because they, what they're doing is allowing everyone unemployment. So if you lose your job right now for any particular reason whatsoever, bar like, I don't know, some rare example that I don't know of right now. It's you just get unemployment. Like if you apply, you'll get it. No questions asked, basically. Mm, yeah, but it's interesting, yeah, isn't I it? I can see where it could totally be some of it being new employees for them. But I asked the lady through the drive-thru, I said, are you guys okay? Because they were... Chick-fil-A is very well known for their customer service here. And so they train their employees extremely well to be very upbeat and happy and chipper and happy to serve. It's fantastic to see and feel and have that connection. They were not that today. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> I know it's interesting, isn't it? And I think yeah. that's an indication of sort of the two key things that are going on here. Yes, there is the underlying health threat and we'll call it that. But what it's doing is it's triggering for people a lot of stress, a lot of stress on the emotional side and a lot of stress on the financial side. And that's why I thought it would be really useful for us to have mm -hmm. this conversation. And if I sort of just dive in before yeah. you can get to dealing with the financial stress which actually is the root of the problem so whether you're not sleeping whether you're being a bit snappy with your family member or anything I guarantee if we had a conversation it will be if we dig deep enough down because you're worried about money so before we come to the strategies that you can apply to relieve that pressure you've actually got to put yourself in a position where you start to apply some strategies to support yourself mentally. And what I really love about this podcast is it's called The Teachable Soul. And this is our opportunity to allow our souls to teach us back because all of the things that I'm going to share with you today are a combination of common sense, innate skills and abilities, and just you know sensible things to be doing. So one of the things that we love as human beings is some degree of certainty. Now, there's always going to be people out there going, yeah, but I like variety. I like flexibility. Me too. But I love rigid flexibility. I want to know that there is something there from which I can be flexible. I want to know that there is some structure from which I can vary. I believe and last it's, it's time a, we called it planned spontaneity. Yeah, yeah, there's planned spontaneity yeah. too. So planned spontaneity is a bit more in terms of like your business and you're doing things and rigid flexibility is sort of like the higher level of thinking. So well-remembered, well-remembered cat. So one of the key things that sort of gone up in the air for a lot of people, particularly if you're at home, so either you're going to be in a position where you've lost your job, you're at home furloughed or you're on benefits and so you've got no work structure at all, or you're at home for work and you're supposed to be doing your normal day's work, but you're inside your house now with all of the confusion that goes on in the house. So you've either got a partner in there or you might have children or multiple children in there. And so there are many demands on you or worse, you're the third sort where you've been sent home and whether you're working or not working, you're literally locked in your own property and you're alone. So these three things are all causes of 
stress for us. And so one of the first things to do is to start building in some structure. So whether you've got work to do for which you will be paid or no work or children that you need to homeschool, sitting down as a family group, as a household group, and working out your structure is really important. And I would highly recommend that you still keep to your Monday to Friday and then Saturday, Sunday patterns so that you know where you are in the week. I mean, we've just had an example here where my daughter didn't recognize that it was already Friday. So we need to be, you know, keeping aware of what's going on, keeping track of the days. I think that's a really helpful thing to do. And then make sure that you're keeping your body clock sensible now there's going to be the exception to the rule like people who have always worked night shifts and things like that but for the majority of your listeners you know getting up and getting out of bed by no later than eight in the morning and going to bed at night by no later than sort of 11 or worse 12 o'clock will be a really good habit to get into i live in a university town and i've noticed the students are going upside down they're getting up later and later they're staying up later and later and then they're getting up later and later. And I've just noticed the other night when I got up in the night that their lights are on and particularly in one of the rooms where they play computer games and they're playing computer games at three, 4 a.m. in the morning. Mm. And then when we're up and we're out, there's no one to be seen until close to midday. That's very, very unhealthy. I've worked with clients in the past where their sleep cycles get completely reversed. Taking this back into a normal sleep cycle will cause you untold pain so if you don't keep it that way mm. then that's going to be very difficult for you and particularly if you've got children in the house then in some senses those children are sort of going to force you into a routine but also having a family structure will really help your children in terms of their mental health and i think that's one of the things we need to be really mindful of moving mm. forward through this so one way i've been structuring my week is i like a vertical day so that on a specific day i can know right I'm in the office and this is the thing that I need to be doing today. Or I'm allowed to be out in the garden and this is the thing that I want to do. Or I'm doing chores or I'm doing activities, you know, general admin in the house and that's what I'm doing. So I like a vertical day, but you can equally have a horizontal day. So an example of a horizontal day might be get up. You maybe do some form of gratitude. So for some people that might be prayers and saying thank you. For other people, it might be writing in a journal. And for other people, it might be just turning to someone in the house and going, you know what? Look at the beautiful blue sky out there. I'm really grateful it's a lovely day out there. You know, we'll go outside and we'll enjoy a piece of fresh air, either in a garden or allowed to do our exercise. So, you know, making sure that your mindset first thing in the morning is very positive. And then I would encourage everybody to do some form of exercise. So you can do your exercise in the house, watching stuff on YouTube or on your television or your, your phone. Or you can choose to take a, a walk outside either at the the morning, the lunch or the end of the day, but building in some degree of fresh air where you can, bearing in mind restrictions and some form of gratitude and you can work through your day. And so then you can have morning activities might be where you're homeschooling the children. And while you're actively homeschooling the children, if you're lucky enough to have two partners in the house, one can be working on what work you have to do while the other's doing the homeschooling. And then you can switch around and in the afternoon, the children can be given more creative time or activity time and the, the two parents can switch roles. Equally, if you're going to do it vertically like I have, I tend to make Mondays the day that I get everything out of the way. I get tidied, I get sorted for the week. It's where I do 
um, because I have a property portfolio, it's where I do all my property admin. It's where I do invoicing and bills and dealing with sort of mail and stuff that comes in. Tuesday, I spend working with clients. So that's my delivery time. Wednesday, I keep flexible. So it might be that I take on more client delivery. It might be that I'm a bit more creative. It might be that I do something at home. Thursday, I do a lot in the way of podcasts, recordings. It's where I'm at my creative. I'm writing articles. I'm having conversations with people. I'm sharing my insights out there with the world. That's what a Thursday is. And then I want to enjoy this time off. So I've added Friday into my weekend to give myself Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So when the weather's nice, I can go for a walk or I could be out in the garden or I could get a house project done. So Friday is my time, my quality time. And then what we're also looking at doing is putting in strips uh, again at the top or the bottom where we are connecting with others. So we're having a family once a week Zoom competition. So in my house is myself, Bob, my partner, and one of my daughters, Charlie. But then my other daughter has her own family unit with her partner and our two grandchildren. And then there's my sister in another house. Then there's Bob's sister and her partner and children in another house. And then we have another very close family friends and they're in another house. And what we're all doing is we're getting together on Zoom or whatever, you know, you want to do WhatsApp or FaceTime or anything. And once a week, one of the family groups is taking it in turns to produce a quiz and then we all meet online and we tend to do this over the weekends one of the weekend evenings and we have a family quiz and we just laugh and muck about as if we were in the same room but each of us is in our own little rooms and last weekend was really delightful so son-in-law Lee did the quiz and he came around with little parcels so for everybody he gave everybody a packet of crisps and some sour cream and a bottle of wine so that everybody it was as if we were all in the same room we were all consuming the same food so Aww. you know lots of thought can go into this and you can get more creative and more competitive mm -hmm. as you go on but having those connections and that structure mm -hmm. is is fundamental to your mental well-being yeah. So two things I want to mention. So one, I want to go back to sleep for just a second because I have a question and I know you're not like a sleep expert, but I think your input is valuable there. But two, so one of the things that we have done is with some of my husband's friends from work, his family, uh, my husband's friend's family put together a balloon car race where you have to find only materials around the house to build this car. And then you put a balloon on the back of it. And then like, it takes like you let go of the balloon and the balloon powers the car, right? And to see how far like you can go. And so we're totally having a competition with them this weekend on who can like get theirs the farthest. We're, we're really- Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> but it's that sort of creativity, isn't it? That, yeah. you know, if we didn't have this, you, you'd never play these games mm -mm. with people. No. So um, I think it's really exciting what could come out of this and the connections we can have. And I don't know if you're doing the same in the States, but we're doing the eight o'clock Thursday night clap for the healthcare workers. Oh. So like last night at eight o'clock, we went out into the street. We were all sort of staying within the, the boundary and pavement space of our own properties and mm. still the two meters apart. But we're all clapping for the care workers. And I've met the people across the road. I've met the people diagonally. I've met the people a few doors down the road. And so then you can have that little natter on a Thursday night. We would never have done that before. And I do hope that when this is all over, 
we'll still will recognize one another and we'll still be able to have those conversations and and who knows maybe we'll even start going well come over and have a cup of tea as well now that we can we can do that so it'll be really interesting to see the deeper relationships that we can build with one another and the wider relationships that we can create with one another. But if yeah. you don't apply some structure and you don't control your mindset, mm -hmm. then you're going to find it very difficult to do this. And I mentioned gratitude, you know, so do that night and morning. I make all my clients do the same things and some that really struggle, I make them text me. So maybe as a family group, Mm. You can create a WhatsApp called gratitude and then everyone, every morning, just send a message to everyone else about what you're really grateful for. Oh, that's an awesome. Um, I know you wanted to pick up on sleep. Yes. So I'm in another um, group and it's full of like moms basically. Mm -hmm. But um, one of them had mentioned that she was having trouble getting to sleep at night and I have been too. Um, and I mean, that's, it usually takes me a while to get to sleep anyways, but now it's seeming like I literally, no matter what I do, just cannot get to sleep initially. And originally I was like, well, maybe it's because I'm not like exercising enough during the day, but I went for a five mile hike yesterday and I still didn't get to sleep until one thirty in the morning. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's a classic thing. So it can be one of two things. And I would have said exercise would be one thing, not enough fresh air, not enough exercise. And if it's not mm. that, it can also be looking at if you're eating later. So again, this is why structure is so important not to eat, you know, really after six or seven o'clock at night, if you can, to give yourself a chance to digest food. But mm. actually, what are you doing in terms of your technology? Are you using your phone or your iPad in the bedroom? I do. Naughty. Sin? That's it, Kat. That's <laughs> oh, it. No. So, I mean, it can also be, you know, and I'm not saying you, but it can also be that financial worries will, will play on people's minds. And that's why we're going to come to that in a minute. But it's called sleep hygiene and you can look all of this up. I've done, I've done lots of stuff around sleep hygiene when I learned to become an NLP practitioner. So one of the things is, is a good routine. And so an example of a routine might be you finish whatever you're doing during the day and then you have your family time at, at the end of the day and you might sit and watch television. Okay, so your eyes and your brain are being stimulated by the lights on the TV and you need to now transition. So usually what we do is we turn the television off and then we, if we've got an upstairs, we'll walk upstairs or walk along the corridor. We head towards the bathroom. You do a routine in the bathroom. So this is where you wash your face, clean your teeth, use the loo, etc. And then your mind is is being told okay oh we're doing that thing right the tv went off now we're going to the bathroom now we're going to do these things and then we're going to walk to the bedroom and that's where we get changed and we go to sleep and the lights go out it gets dark and your mind goes okay that's what i'm meant to be doing now sleep so if you stimulate your mind by either having a tv in the bedroom which again can be something that really disturbs you and keeps you awake or you're using uh, I can't remember the name of the technology, but you know, back backlit. So the, the light that's in your mobile phone really sort of stimulates the mind. So I know a lot of people now they're flicking through social media, they're playing games online and that's keeping your brain active. I found when I was first at university and then now when I run my own business, I get in a really almost hyper creative mode. So I have to be very careful about the books that I read before bed. I can't read anything before bed, mm -hmm. if, if I can phrase it this way, that would interest me <laughs> and make me think thoughts. Mm -hmm. I need 
um, not that novels and I and I love reading my storybooks and all the authors that write fiction are great, but I need fiction that isn't going to spark a thought. I need fiction that's going to make me go, oh, it's a story I can go to sleep. Mm, like short. So I'm not looking for oh light bulb moments. So you have to dampen all that down. So I do the same thing. The TV goes off. You come up. You do your bathroom routine. You go to bed, and then what I do is I read a few pages. And what I can feel as I'm reading the pages is that my eyes are getting sleepy. And as soon as my eyes are sleepy, the book's down. The light is off, and then that's it. I'm gone. Now, if you're still finding it difficult, so one of the things that you can do if that doesn't work for you is to start thinking about sleep patterns. So normally our sleep pattern, so that means from when you start to go to sleep, you go into light sleep and then you go into a deeper sleep and then you come up into REM, which is rapid eye movement. And then you start the whole process all over again. It, it depends on the individual, but it lasts typically between about 90 minutes and 120 minutes. So one of the things I do is I look at the clock and we'll make the maths nice and say that I've got a two hour sleep pattern. And I look at the clock and I say it's 10 o'clock at night. And I actually give myself a mantra that says, ah, oh, it's 10 o'clock at night. I am going to sleep deeply and peacefully for and then I work out how many sleep patterns I want till I want to get up. So let's imagine that I'm going to be really lazy and get up at eight o'clock in the morning. So 10 till 12 is one. And then the next is another four. So I'm going to have five sleep cycles. So I say to myself, I'm going to sleep deeply and peacefully for the next four to five. So I give myself some flexibility, four to five sleep patterns. Anything that I need to remember, I will still remember in the morning. I do not need to worry during the night. I can now just sleep deeply and peacefully. And then that's it. Then I go to sleep. And what I've noticed is that when I do that mantra, I wake up just before the alarm. So then I'd set my alarm for eight o'clock because obviously I needed to actually get up. And I would probably wake around 7.30. And because actually, you know, it's not a precise sleep cycle. It's not exactly two hours long. It's, it's approximately. So actually doing some of these habits... So what I would suggest, again, is structuring your day, keeping the mindset going. And then we're going to come on very importantly in a minute to the finance side so that if it is money that you're worrying about, we can take care of that as well. But have a structured day. Keep yourself in a place of gratitude. Remember what's important to you. Not all of the nonsense of buying things and everything else. Not all of the material world that we had before. What's really important to you is your family, your friends, your health your exercise, eating good food, all of those sorts of things. So keep an eye on all of that. Take away the technology. Don't bring your phone into your bedroom. Leave it outside the bedroom door if you need to. I mean, this might be a bit more difficult if you share a house, but then if you share a house, actually switch the phone off. Turn it off because that way you're not allowing those vibrations into the bedroom, which can be disturbing you. And then do whatever you need to do in the way of a mantra. And it can be... I'm just going to sleep deeply and peacefully and you put your head on the pillow and then you're gone. And if not, then, you know, Google some more stuff around this, but it's about sleep hygiene and creating a routine that you keep and then hold the faith. You need to do this for a week, maybe two weeks so that it becomes a learned habit. Don't just do it tonight and then go, oh, darn, that thing that Vicky said didn't work. I still didn't sleep last night. But that's because you were in the old routine, really. You're retraining your mind. If you've got mm. a teachable soul, you've got a teachable mind as well. So make sure that you, you pick up on that. Exactly. Hopefully that will help you, Kat. 
thank you yes i'm sure it will <laughs> so then i think one of the other things that we want to do now is really make sure that there isn't any underlying financial worries and this is really sort of the crux of this looking at the finances now the reason i put this after your mindset is because if you do not feel strong if you do not feel resilient if you're not focused on doing this determined to get a grip of it it's all going to be much more difficult and it doesn't need to be difficult because this is such a simple thing to do you need to understand we all need to understand how much money you have coming into your house and how much money is going out of your house and then you can look a bit deeper and you can look at what the money going out of your house is being spent on and then based on what's important to you work out whether you still want to be making those same purchases so again this is something that i do with all of my clients you're looking at your income and you're looking at your expenses if you want to you can use an excel spreadsheet if you follow the links to me i've even got an online um, already set up for you spreadsheet where you can add your details in we're now in april so you've got all of january february and march bank statements and credit cards that you can go through so start to add up how much money did i spend on food and separate your food out. Separate your food out into food that you bought to come into the house, food that you bought that were like takeaways, lunch snacks. Um, you know, if you were still working, lunch, did you buy your lunch out or do you make your lunch and take it to work and look at going out for meals or having evening takeaways? So, like special evening meals uh, or evening treat meals, and then you know, snacking during the day, you know, buying lunches or whatever, and then regular food for the house. So break it down into those things. Look at your travel, look at your clothes, look at your, let's call it body hygiene as a thing to sort of keep in there. So, you know, getting your hair, hair done, if you get your nails done, any of that sort of stuff, you know, all of these things need to be put into columns and silos so that you can start to understand what you're spending your money on and everything up to today that you have ever spent your money on has been an unconscious choice an unconscious choice because unless you're one of a really rare listener you won't have been monitoring your money like this before i mean i have worked with thousands of clients over the last decade and I would say if I'm lucky, maybe 20% of them are aware of their income and expenses. And I have only to date met two people in all of that list that actually had their own spreadsheet already. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this can apply whether you're an individual, whether you're a small business owner, whether you're a property investor, whether you're a big business owner, you can apply it on your personal level life. You can apply it to your business and you can apply it to your investments. You need to know what you're spending your money on. And I guarantee you that the things that were important to you in September, October, November of last year are not the things that are important to you in april and may this year so this is the key thing you're not gonna unless you're still working and i know a few people will be doing that but if you're not working your transport costs your travel costs will have been dramatically reduced this could be an opportunity where you actually save money Mm -hmm. But equally, you might have your children home from school and where they got fed at school during lunchtime. Now you're having to feed them. So maybe your food budget has gone up. And so what you can start to do is to look at 
how you used to spend money, how you're now spending money during the COVID period and how you want to, is the next phase, how you want to spend money in the future. And so simple things like going through your expenses might show that you have a magazine subscription to something that you never read. You might have a membership to something. You might be in some online program or other. Obviously, if you've got a gym membership, that will be suspended. Your travel costs will be suspended. Um, you might pay monthly for all sorts of things that aren't relevant. Look at your life insurance and your health care, because again, don't just go randomly cancelling them because they are very important, but read to make sure that they're still relevant. And it might be that like we did when I found this out, we had a health care policy that I hadn't read the small print and my two girls were somewhere in their early 20s. But the healthcare policy, although I thought it was for a family, said it only covered children until they were 18 and then they needed their own policies. And I thought, oh my goodness, I've been paying over £250, nearly $250 a month, thinking that if my children got sick, because they're always your children, however old they get, right. you know, I, I thought that my children would be covered but because they'd had an 18th birthday for the last, you know, three, four, five years, I'd been paying out for a service that actually, if I needed it, I wouldn't get back on it. So this is another opportunity for you to, you know, look into the detail of your spending mm -hmm. and other things like you might be incurring interest charges on things. So you could be overspending on a monthly basis and incurring fees from the bank. And now, because you're not going to have all the travel costs and because you're going to do your budget, you could bring your spending down and then actually save money by not incurring fees from the bank. Yeah. You might have expenditure on a credit card that is accruing interest. And if you can save money somewhere else in your budget, you could be paying down your credit card so that you're not getting, you know, 20% interest on, on money. There are so many ways that you could become more financially aware of your situation and then go one step further and learn about money and become more financially intelligent. And that's how you're going to be stronger when you come out the other side. Yeah. One tip that we had that I just recently figured out like two days ago, I think, was that if you're no longer commuting to work every day, that your auto insurance kind of sometimes goes off of how far you drive per month. And so if mm -hmm. you call your insurance company, they can reduce your rates during this time for your auto insurance. That's very clever. Yeah, very good. I, I, I don't know that we, whether we do that this way around, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good tip. So there'll be lots of things like that, that if you, and the one place to find them all, because they're all basically expenses that you pay, is to actually go to the bank statements and the credit cards where you pay for these things. And you can go, oh, look, I pay that money. I mean, it's like the other day I, I worked out that I paid £140 to Amazon and that's a, an unusual amount of money for me to make in a purchase. So I went to Amazon and I looked it up because of course there will be instances where there are fraud and I looked mm -hmm. it up and I went, oh yeah, okay. Because part of my currently in COVID mode is that we are attempting to create a vegetable garden. We've still got to dig the vegetable garden, but I've got the seeds, I've got them sprouted and I had bought some sort of like greenhouse glass. It's not glass, but some greenhouse um, protector stuff. And so that's right what I'd spent the money on so that I could create a greenhouse 
in the garden to sort of grow the plants on. So it's yeah. really interesting, isn't it? You know, even mm-hmm. though I, I manage our money and I, and I keep an eye on everything, you can still have something that you forget and then you can go, I, I don't want to be spending a hundred and I don't want to give 140 of my pounds to Amazon. So mm-hmm. what did I spend that on? Is that something I value? Ah, okay. In this instance, it was a one-off payment. And what we're hoping is that that 140 pound investment in mm-hmm. greenhouse glass is going to produce vegetables for us from right. the summer through to the autumn. And that actually what we'll end up doing is saving money on our shopping bill because mm-hmm. we're going to have this maybe not quite endless supply, but of fresh, you know, organic theoretically, if all the slugs don't get it first, right. <laughs> you know, all this fresh produce, and then that's going to be good for us. And, you know, we're not paying for our membership down the gym when we come out of this and we've been walking and doing our morning exercise at home. Mm-hmm. Will we still want to go down the gym, you mm-hmm. know, or will we want quite such a big package down the gym? I mean, we pay for the weights rooms, you know, the actual gym, we pay for the classes, we pay for the swimming pool. Do mm-hmm. we need to pay for all of that stuff in the future? Right. Might we only pay for classes or maybe we'll only pay for swimming. And so mm-hmm. we could even reduce our bills, but you don't know that unless right. you check things out. Exactly. And then one last thing under finances, and that's around debt. And I sort of touched on it a bit with credit cards, but every country that we're in, our governments are responding in different ways. And and Mm -hmm. one of the things that we're being offered here in the UK is something called a mortgage holiday. And we don't have enough time for me to go into how ridiculous that title is. There is no such thing as a mortgage holiday. It is a suspension of your mortgage payments. And while you're not paying it, you are incurring interest on the interest and it'll have to be paid back at the other end. Mm. So the most important thing is to understand your income and your expenses first before you make any major decisions like this to suspend any payments. But know that everybody out there is going to be prepared to help you. But if you owe someone money, so it's a bit different like the car example you gave. You don't owe people money on your insurance. You buy that service. And your example was that you're buying the service with a view to driving 100 miles a week, but you're only actually going to drive 10 miles a week. Mm -hmm. So that service level can be reduced. I've got the gym. We're not going to the gym. So we've suspended the payment. Now, those two examples don't carry any penalties because all we're doing is adjusting our service level. If you stop paying for something that is a debt where you actually owe, and let's just lump them all together and call them a bank, but they could be any sort of, you know, credit agency or anything like that, that you owe somebody money, there would normally be interest due on that money. And if you get a payment break, if you take a, a break from making those payments, that lender will be entitled to not only charge the normal amount of interest that they would normally charge on the money that you borrowed, but because you haven't paid that, you will then get charged interest on that as well. So the interest will accrue on top of the interest. And Mm -hmm. so you need to be really, really clear what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. I work with clients where 
they are um, a husband and wife, for example, and they've worked out that by not traveling to work and not being able to go out and do all of the going out, you know, we can't go to the cinema, we can't go to concerts, all of the non-essential things that are shut were non-essential expenses that actually they can save one whole person's wages on a monthly basis. So they don't need to take any mortgage breaks or anything like that. They don't need to not pay anything. In actual fact, what they can start to do is to look at if they've got any loans that actually they want to use this extra money to pay down. So when you come out the other side, Mm -hmm. they're going to be in a much better financial position. And you can do that if you look at your income and your expenses and don't go jumping into taking on unnecessary debt until you know where you are now. Please become financially aware and more financially intelligent. Definitely. Awesome. So I think the last thing to sort of get you to do is to bring the whole lot together because this is a challenging time. You know, we have to acknowledge that this is a challenging time. You're going to be doing this new activity to make sure that you sleep well and that your mind is well. You're going to be doing your gratitude. You're going to be thinking about what you spend your money on and what really matters to you, where your values are. You're going to know about your household expenses. Now make a plan. Make a plan for how you want life to be and not for how a plan for how life is. Mm -hmm. It's really important that we use this opportunity to make sure that we come out of this stronger. And I think that's the message that I just want to leave you with at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And that's, you know, especially in times like these as well, to just be forgiving of yourself too, because I've got so many people and friends who are like, oh, I'm going to learn something new. Like I'm going to use this time and be super productive and overproductive. And I'm like, child, no, you're not <laughs> because it is a stressful time. And just the basics of taking care of ourselves, you know, right now can be a struggle, you know, some more than others, obviously, but it's, it's just, just make sure you're good. Make sure you're okay. Make sure. Absolutely. <laughs> But it starts with the structure. And if you, same, same with the math, the, the finances, you know, if you start with the basics of the income and expenses, you can make better decisions. If you start with the structure to your day, it could be that you do get very organized in your day. And maybe you can, mm-hmm. as the time that you allocate to yourself, learn a new language, learn, you know, I think um, Dame Judy Dench mm-hmm. was on the news and she said she's going to learn all the sonnets that Shakespeare wrote. And I think he wrote something like, was 154 sonnets? And so her goal during this time, keeping her mind active, giving herself something to do, is Mm -hmm. to learn these sonnets. And as an actress, obviously her ability to learn and recite words is is going to be a great thing for her to do. It could be that you, you know, learn a musical instrument or you learn a language, but you're absolutely right. Don't put yourself under pressure and don't take on new things until you've checked in terms of your time that you've allocated time to the things that are important to you and that all of those are ticked off and that you actually have the spare time to take on something new. I think mothers and mothers and fathers are going to be under an enormous amount of pressure with their kids in the house. I know you've got children, haven't you, Kat? Oh yeah, it's been real rough. I mean, those children are going to be, not not yours, but generally children have going to be yanked away from their friends, yanked out of their routine. And so while you're trying to go, geez, this is a really scary time. I need to get myself together. You've also then got to be going, oh, I need to park that because I've got to be there for my children. So there's yep. a lot of pressure on parents and and communicating 
is sort of like a theme. I haven't said it, but as a, is a communicating is a theme that runs through this. So, you know, I said, what about setting up a WhatsApp group to share your gratitude? That's communicating. When you've looked at your values, have that as a family conversation, ask your yeah. children, you know, what was it that you really loved about life before, you know, we had the bug and we had to stay at home. That's how we're referring to it for our three-year-old grandchild, the bug, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a bug out there and we have to stay at home to be safe. But, you know, you've got to speak about this in a way that they still feel safe to be able to go back out there afterwards. So what was it that you used to love and what are you missing? And so she's missing her friends and one of her little friends drew her a picture. And then it's so sweet because they're three-year-old. The right. mum has then annotated the picture because obviously the picture for a three-year-old is, you know, they're squiggles and legs and you know that they're people, but you've got no idea which person's which. So mum's written with arrows, this is Amelia's daddy. This is Amelia's mummy. This is Amelia's little baby brother. And this one's Amelia. And this is where you are. You're, you've gone for a walk together or whatever the whatever the story was. Mm -hmm. And then they have posted this to Amelia. So now she's got this present that came through the letterbox because of the postman. Mm. She opens it up and she gets this lovely picture that then she can put and it reminds her of her friends. So then what she can do is she can send her a picture back. So, you know, helping our kids stay connected because I think some of the little ones are going to struggle more because they probably haven't got mobile phones or their their mates haven't got mobile phones. So they're not like the teenagers, I mean, yeah. you know, my daughter, for example, she's 30 at the moment. They're all doing, you know, university and doctoring stuff and they're on their mm-hmm. phones. So they've got their phones, they've got their iPads open and they've got the computers open doing something. And, you know, they're this generation that is so connected. They're connected in three different devices in 17 different countries. Right. <laughs> but yeah. but your six, seven, eight year olds are not in that position. And so how can you help them to feel connected? but you've got to stay grounded as well. So it's no wonder that people are struggling to sleep. But the more that you can feel in control, mm-hmm. i.e. the structure, i.e. knowing your, your income and your expenses, your finances, make known as much as you can. And what you struggle with, speak to your partner about. Okay, mm-hmm. speak to your partner that you're not sleeping well. And when you work out what it is, and let's say, for example, I think in your case, it might be because you're taking the mobile phone, have the conversation with your partner and say, how are you sleeping? And if they're sleeping fine, that's great. And if they're not sleeping, why don't you both create a bedtime routine that involves you both leaving your devices out of the way so that you can both sleep, you know, and and it's opening up channels of communication that are going to make such a difference to us. So control, communication, and caring for ourselves. Yep, you're exactly right. And yeah, for my six-year-old, we are going to be uh, video chatting some of her friends even and having like a Zoom call for six-year-olds at some point this weekend. So... Yeah, I think that's a brilliant idea. You know, yeah. we're having a wonderful time in our family doing it. But I mean, you know, it so needs to be there for the little ones. And if Absolutely. all you parents can get together and you've got a way that you can all get on Zoom, can you imagine the fun these kids and imagine the peace and quiet you're going to get? I mean, if you could stick your kid in front of an iPad, <laughs> right. chatting to all of their schoolmates for like half yeah. an hour or an hour, mm. you could actually just sit down in a chair and go, oh. I'm relaxed. Right. <laughs> You're not having to worry. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, that's definitely important too. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. It's it's all about balance, isn't it? Well, I look, I hope that that's been 
useful to your listeners, you know, that they've got a, a clear idea, start with your mindset, make sure that you've got structure in your day, because that gives you some feeling of control. And then you can always be flexible off the back of that. Remember to be grateful top and bottom. There is always someone in a worse situation than you, sadly. And so be grateful for what you've got recognize what's really important to you what matters what mattered before covid is not the same as what matters now and may not be the same as what matters to you in the future so structure gratitude and values and then you're going to feel so much more resilient and in control so you can turn your attention to your income and expenses but don't not do this because you say that you're doing the other stuff. This is not a, something that you need to drag out for three weeks. This is structuring your day as a conversation somewhere in the next 24 hours with the people in your house. Gratitude is the thing that you do first thing tomorrow morning and then again in the evening. And values is a conversation that you can build up, you know, as, as the next thing that you do as a family group. So within two days, max, maybe three days work, Mm-hmm. You can have got everything in place that you can be pulling out of those bank statements, pulling out those credit cards and getting down to the nitty gritty so that you're more in control of your money. You're more aware and you're not making the unconscious purchasing decisions that you were before. You're now buying consciously mm-hmm. and more aware and therefore probably in a position where you can adjust your family finances and maybe come out of this being better off. Certainly, mentally you'll be better off mentally you'll be stronger and you'll be more financially aware and more financially intelligent right yeah i definitely think that it will be helpful for all of our listeners so i appreciate it definitely thank you so much for coming on and and helping us and explaining all of this to us you're exactly right and i can't wait to see what everybody thinks about it oh lovely thank you very much kat and to everybody that's listening i wish you all the best keep well keep safe keep healthy above all build that mental resilience and take back control where you can of your life and of your finances and come out of this stronger i I do believe we can all come out of this stronger and we can then create a much better world for ourselves on the other side so be well yep health wealth and happiness everybody